Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Talk Recorded live. Hello, this is Lisa with Charismatic Women, and we are here on, I think, week seven of 21st Century Goddess School, and today is Pele. And Pele is, I mean, for anybody who knows me, you mean everybody knows, I have a sweet spot in my heart, a deep, deep, deep longing sort of sweet spot for Hawaii. And so Pele plays probably she may run a little deeper in my soul just because of that. Um, and because of, of how, I mean, the time that I've spent in Hawaii and the way the Hawaiian people revere her and the, the very special place she has in their mythology, how they interact with her in a real, in real time. We talked a little bit about Gaia being the only goddess that we refer to in real time. But Pele actually also is goddess in real time, and she is goddess in action. I mean, I often say Pele is, when you see the pictures of the volcano and the eruptions and the lava flows, like that's creation in real time. And Pele is happening, you know, the mythology of her is merging with the reality of the continued destruction, creation of the volcanoes. It's it's an interesting dynamic of goddessdom because both ancient Hawaiians and present day Hawaiians have a relationship with Pele or at least the idea of Pele. And it's, it's very now based and the mythology of it has not changed very much. Um, a lot of the goddesses that we've talked about, and I think a lot of the goddesses in general, gods and goddesses, have sort of Greek mythology, Roman mythology. You know, they have different counterparts depending on the mythology that you're looking at. So they they show up in multiple cultures and multiple different stories and multiple different historical lineages. But Pele is very specific to the sort of Hawaiian slash Pacific Islands. Um, she has some similarities, I think, with a couple of the goddesses. And I said last week at the end of the call, I didn't do Kali Ma in this series. I may actually add her and do her last. She may be a new addition to the series. We might go ahead and do Kali Ma, who is the goddess of destruction. And I think that we've we've all, well, I'm assuming we've all seen the posts on Facebook about this being the year of Kali Ma and all of that sort of dialogue that came out after the election. Um so we may actually go down that road before we're finished here. However, Pele and Kali are not dissimilar. They have a lot of similarities in in their sort of personalities, except that Kali Ma's business is destruction. She's not particularly concerned with the reconstruction part of that 
flow of that dynamic. And Pele is, is, I mean, she does both. It's destruction slash construction at the same time. It's take away and give all in the same action. And so that is sort of the distinction between Pele and Kalima in terms of sort of the personality of the mythology. However, I mean, beyond that, I think that there is a difference. I mean, people who are experiencing the wrath of Pele in real time, I mean, as the volcano erupts and it takes out people's homes and runs over people's land. And I mean, I have seen that happen and it moves slowly, but you cannot stop it. And you can kind of just stand back and watch everything you own gone or taken away. People don't get particularly angsty about that. I mean, there's sort of an understanding that she's going to take what's hers and people often rebuild where they lost everything. It's such an interesting dynamic to me. But I think that when I look at the lessons that Pele has to teach us at this point, I mean, and we may, I may repeat this statement if we do do Kalima, but I mean, there's some of the most powerful lessons I think that women, mortal women, have to learn from a goddess are the lessons of Pele, which has a lot to do with lessons around anger, with lessons around what we might consider greediness, lessons around what we might consider selfishness, like taking yours first, taking what you want, and and not being particularly concerned that anybody else gets theirs. In a lot of ways, sort of the energy that is Pele is exactly opposite of what we often consider to be feminine. I mean, yes, she is a creator. There is that birthing business, but she also carries a very sort of equal balance of masculine energy in the destruction side of what she brings. Um, she does not withhold anger. She does not, she, she doesn't hold back anything at all. Um, it says in the lesson that the lessons of Pele and the lessons of Shakti are very similar. These two goddesses have one thing in common. Anyone or anything in their presence cannot be separated from their energy. Their moods become the environments that their subjects live in. However, unlike Shakti, who is very aware of this phenomenon and wants to temper herself for the benevolent benefit of others, Pele doesn't give a damn. We all know Pele isn't afraid to express herself. Um, I'm going to skip forward a little bit here. The thing I find most interesting about goddess Pele is Pele is demanding. She's self-centered. She's not known for being a loving, benevolent goddess that showers people in glitter and rainbows. She's alone for literal hellfire and brimstone. Pele isn't out to please anyone except herself. She's not concerned that her people don't adore her as long as they revere her. But I will say this, they do adore her. I mean, they do. There's a reverence, there's a fear, there is a respect, and there is a deep, deep and profound love. So I think that I mean, we've talked about this, I think, with a couple of the other goddesses, this very natural tendency to want to subdue ourselves to be liked, to want to maybe bank down or hold in our anger or our temper so that we can be lovable. Pele expresses all 
without reservation. And the intensity of that is incredibly attractive, incredibly, incredibly attractive. People can't help but just stand in a very love-struck awe. I mean, it's one of the reasons that volcanoes are so dangerous. It's because people tend to walk towards it instead of walk away from it. They get too close. They, they, they move in way, way closer than they should, and there's gas and there's all kinds of pyroclastic flows and things that go terribly wrong, but she's not holding back. And femininity as we know it, as we tend to practice it in sort of the mortal world is all about holding back, about being tempered, about being reserved, about not offending. So there's a pretty significant juxtaposition there. And I think it's the fact that she allows herself to fully express that makes herself so incredibly attractive. And I'm going to say attractive from a physical perspective and an energetic perspective. And I will say this before I hand it over to you guys. I think it is one of the reasons that men are attracted to crazy women. Because they are. I mean, a healthy man won't go there. But there is an attraction to that fiery, expressive, very emotional woman. And I think sort of a, a, almost a drug that comes off of that for a man. And so for a woman who can be that fiery and be that expressive but not be crazy, still be balanced and centered in her own energy, I think that is a very, very powerful thing. So I'm going to turn it over to you for thoughts. Janet, you are up first today. You're at the top of the list. Yay! <laughs> this is really interesting for me because when I was reading the material and when we did um, payday last time, this was my most uncomfortable area. You thought I was uncomfortable around Freya? Oh, man. Payday <laughs> was like, whoa, just not going there. But obviously I have done a lot of work since then because even I, as I was reading the material when it first came into my inbox, I had the same old response of going, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do the homework for this. I I, I, in fact, I was literally lying in bed last night just before I went to sleep thinking, I'm going to have to start being selfish this week and I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can pull that off. And then I thought, well, hang on a minute. As you were talking, Lisa, I was getting a really different vision of Pele and the way that I think I am beginning to get the end of the thread that leads me through the labyrinth here um, to mix my metaphors, my mythological metaphors, um, I realized that there is a ferocity that I actually can tap into quite well. I, I do feisty. Um, I've been known to post about how the coaching industry pisses me off sometimes. I've been known to post about how law of attraction world pisses me off sometimes. And Generally, arising out of that, there is usually a creative end result. So, for example, the money program that I'm running at the moment was born out of an extreme level of frustration with the fact that I was seeing ads on my, in my Facebook feed for money programs that were costing thousands of dollars. <clears throat> and I just kept thinking, I know people who cannot access this, who will be looking at this same ad in their Facebook feed and feeling all kinds of revolting. And that pissed, that that annoyed me. I'm not saying that there is no place for $1,000 coaching programs. I think there is. But it was just the, the, the consciousness of the gap made me really angry. And 
out of that anger and some writing about it and that sense of outrage was born this program that I wanted to make it as accessible as possible and a way to make it utterly accessible. And when it came to writing the sales page, this is the point I'm getting to, when it came to writing the sales copy, my first three versions of it were so beige, you could have, you know, it, it was like milky tea. It was just horrible. Um, it was bland and it sounded like everything else. And then out of the blue, I somehow tapped back into that anger, that rage, and I wrote a sales page that came from that place of rage. And it was probably more Shakti than Pele, but it was by the time it went public, it had been tempered a little because I didn't want to be pointing fingers <laughs> um, because it, that seemed uh, kind of counterproductive. So it's really interesting to me that Pele, I think Pele is, She's not as strategic in her thinking, perhaps, whereas Shakti has the capacity to be a little more strategic. So it started with Pele, but then it sort of segued into the more Shakti energy of going, I'm still pissed off about this. And I think there's a sense of, there is some communal outrage to tap into here, but I'm not going to kind of just go out and flail about it, which is where it started out. So I'm seeing it now in a really different way, I'm seeing the whole dynamic um and and i'm thinking about you know the even with the greek goddesses there were moments where each of even aphrodite if you got on the wrong side of her you were in for some pretty troublesome times so that's that sense modern sense we have that all the european based goddesses were less harmful and destructive isn't necessarily accurate i think it's been trained into us and I like the fact that there is a modern goddess still in existence, still being um, revered, who taps into that. And, and for me, this is my long-winded way of saying, for me, Pele, I think, is going to be my pathway into that fiery, ferocious sense of, fuck it, this is what I want, that actually is is at the heart of many of the other goddesses. It's just been kind of whitewashed by the patriarchy. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to this. Well, and I said it in the material, and I, I don't, I'm going to say it again. I, it might not be coincidental that out of all of the goddesses, right, Pele is still alive. <laughs> she mm -hmm. is still doing yeah. her thing. She is not a passionate. And she is the selfish goddess. This is the goddess that gets hers first. I mean, if, in modern-day terms, yeah. it's the woman who's going for a massage every damn day and fuck the dishes. <laughs> this is actually something that she has in common with Venus you know mm -hmm. our modern notion of Venus unless you're reading some pretty you know more in, in um, deeper research your modern v version of Venus is tall and willowy and lanky and sh she, she doesn't ever do anything well that's not entirely true if she wants it it happens she might not be the one who has to make it happen she might just wave a finger and have an acolyte do it she, her acolyte's wishes never come first before her own. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with all of that. All right, Jackie, thoughts? She's like the antithesis of me. Um, yeah, she is, actually. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, 
and it's and it's an interesting thing because I I I so admire women who are feisty and and badass and 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 you know diva-ish and whatnot, um, and I I am just incapable of doing that. But that being said. I have no need to run roughshod or be demanding because everybody gives me what I want anyway without having to throw fire and brimstone about the place. It, it, I, I can see there are times when I, have, when I could do with a shot of Pele, shall we say. But I don't... And, and when I'm not at my strongest, that's when that's when I need it most because then I you know I take up a part time job as a speed hump and and I'm like doormat in chief. That's when I would need Pele. But but these days, when I look at her, I can admire her her freedom of expression. I can admire her selfishness. I I I do the selfishness myself, but it isn't. It's not in the same manner as her. Um, I will I will invite people in for tea and suggest that they do what I want and they always do. I don't have to demand and take mine first because mine mine gets given to me first anyway. Um, when I'm in my strength, that is. So I I don't to to be her or to be Pele like 24 hours a day that that isn't in my nature I am not made that way and I know that I'm not but at the same time I realize that she'd be very good medicine every so often I like that that she's good medicine I mean you guys know me pretty well I'm not talking to anybody who's going to be surprised by what I'm about to say not so much in the framework of getting what I want, not not so much that, but in the framework of I've got some stuff to say, and some of it's going to be fiery. Sometimes it is more of an effort for me to hold down Pele than it's worth. And, mm-hmm. you know, for those of you who know me really well, you know I recently went through a a bit <laughs> of that, and I'm I'm still kind of negotiating what that territory feels like to me in terms of whether or not it's healthy for me to repress that fiery side of me and how I can express that fiery side of me without repercussions or feelings hurt or problems in the universe that is Lisa. And in that respect, you and I are probably wired very differently, Jackie, because the fire runs pretty consistently right under the surface with me and it is much more of an effort I think where you're where you sometimes bank it back or where you sometimes maybe try and find it the balance for me is trying to hold it in control and I think about Pele and it makes it does it makes me wonder about whether or not that's good for me I mean I think we can all maybe suppose it probably isn't but you're you're absolutely right too you are wired in exact opposition of the energy that is Pele, mm. which is why she probably is your good medicine, not your full-time writing companion. Yeah. You, yeah, it wouldn't be healthy for you to try and be that. It would be an, the antithesis of your nature. 
and she's and she's been with me when I've you know had interactions with people, and she's like, I just don't get it. You're like you always get what you want, and like I I don't get it, and you know I mean I get it, I get it easily. Um, she she leads the way that I used to lead, and um, it was it's just it was very confrontational, and just I just learned that it doesn't have to be. And, it, and it's way more effective. Like I told, like I like Pele. Like I'm reading about her, and you know, there's things about her that I really respect and I really, really like. And, and like I said, there's times when she wants to come out in me, and I think one of my biggest challenges is when she wants to come out. It's like calming her down because she's she's loud. She's very loud. I mean, she's very opinionated, and she's not always kind. And so I feel like, you know, I'm not necessarily going to, if I can't, I need to tame her better than, um, you know, there's just certain people that bring her out in me. And um, in order to let it out, I have to kind of like meld it with the way that I lead now, (laughs) if that makes sense. It does make sense. And I would question whether or not you need to tame her or whether or not you need to let her out more often. And so the reason I say that is from my personal experience, so I'm just talking about me, if I hold her in for too long, when she comes up, it's a, it's a volcanic eruption. Mm-hmm. And, and I am not kind. I mean, I am not lovely. It is not pretty. It is destructive, maybe destructive slash creative. I, I see evidence of that, actually. But that only happens with the Pele energy when she's been held for held under for too long, when too much pressure is built. When she's allowed to have a voice more frequently, it, she is far less likely to be destructive. That makes sense. Far less yeah. likely to be destructive. So it might not be a taming, it might be a a, a seat at the table. Yeah, not, I mean, not yeah that, that, that makes table, sense. But a seat at the table. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. I feel like when she does come out, like with certain people, when I let her out, it's like they know I'm in business. <laughs> mm-hmm. They do. Yeah, it's not like I really let her out with people I don't know, um, but they know I'm in business. I was just thinking about that, Lisa, from the perspective of um, Lisa Hayes when you said. Um, that if you if she's held in too long or she's pushed down too long, she becomes wildly destructive. And I thought I can totally see how that that wild destruction can either be focused outward and become a sort of, you know, a spray on social media that you'd later have to tone down, or how it can turn inward and it can become a a source of pain and angst and guilt about the fact that you're doing something for someone else that you said you wanted to do and now it's pissing you off and but you can't say anything about it because what kind of person would do that and and it's so interesting to me that I'm I'm seeing this in other people around me <laughs> who are not a million miles from this call and I'm thinking how has this repressed Pele turned her fiery destruction inwards in me and I can find a couple of examples and I had never thought about it that way before. I've been fearful of confrontation all my life, for a lot of my life. And that has turned the destructive force inwards. And it's, you know, like when I was um, 
of things that have happened to me when I was younger where Pele would have come in extremely handy and I either didn't allow her to play at all or I allowed her to play and then I kind of buried the memory because it felt so uncomfortable. Um, and as a result of those decisions, I felt utterly powerless. And so it's really interesting to, to think about the danger of holding Pele back um, and how that destructive fire could come back and bite us on the ass. <laughs> yeah. I heard a, a good grief. And a couple of years ago, I was in a circle and I was listening to a kahuna speak at a fire circle. And I, you know, to some degree, it was probably commercially packaged. It wasn't a full on tourist experience, but, you know. But the thing that he said that struck me, coming from a man, which I thought was interesting, he was talking about the fierceness of Pele and was saying that there are two ways to dishonor her. One way is to repress her, and the other way is to apologize for her. And mm. even as I say that, I feel, I feel a cringe, like to apologize for her. How many times I've done that and how, and how it feels how it feels to speak your fiery truth and stand in that moment in that heat and have the courage to be destructive or whatever it is that is in that moment. And then in the next moment to turn around and apologize for her. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. Um, Ellen, thoughts about Pele? And Pele energy, where are you at with all that? Okay, um, for me, wow, it's a, it's a huge uh, endeavor. Um, first, I want to say that that uh, right now, giving myself the, um, you know, just just allowing myself to do what I want to do is such a foreign thing to me that um that it has to be done. I mean it's for me that's that's the lesson for of Pele. Um uh you know, I feel like I've been doing stuff for other people and been um you know engaged in um economic pursuits and engaged in all of these things. Not to say that wasn't me, but but I've been engaged in these things since I was so young that I don't really it's it's like I'm trying to find out where where I really am and so that that um it feels like really strong energy in the Pele um um endeavor of of and it's it's been a very very strong um, input into my week. Um, and strangely, I was doing it probably before you even talked about it. Um, and for me, I was raised with somebody who was, you know, what I don't know how many, you know, quadruple Aries or whatever she was. Um, but she was like Pele every day, every moment of every day. Um, and so for me, it's creating the balance of 
of having the strength and the ability to do what I want to do creatively, but not to be so overwhelmed by reality that I can, you know, move forward. So it is a creative endeavor. Um, I think that um, there is something extremely destructive about the Pele um, energy. Um, if if it's just destruction, but the taking the time of allowing the destruction to happen and allowing um, new things to come out of it, um, that for me is it's like washing away the old, bringing in the new stuff, and. I realized that I was trying to push myself forward into something that I hadn't let go of enough of the past yet to be able to really get to in my own life. And I realized that there's, I have a lot more cleaning out to do um, than I ever thought. And so, um, I mean, I, you know, it started last week for me. So, um, um, I just, you know, it's just sort of like layers and layers of, of, you know, cleaning out. And, and to me, that's what destruction and creation has to do with my life right now. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, you, you brought up a point about creativity and it's interesting because we're using the word destruction and creation kind of all in the same sentence. And I mean, when we look at Pele in action, it is destruction and creation all in one act. I mean, as, as the lava flow is coming down, it's taking, but it's also creating new land. It's creating new fertile spaces. It's literally expanding, expanding creation at the same time. So it can't be one without the other. I think Janet's analogy of some of that in her first comments really spoke to that. But there's also, for me, a link between this fiery energy and creativity in general, not just creation specifically, but like artistic creativity or I, all of that. Like for me, that connection between creativity and fire, they're like different flavors of the same thing somehow. And when my creativity is stifled, there you can bet, you can bet that I am holding it down someplace. Something in my life needs to be expressed so my creativity can flow. And I work, I work, my entire, my entire work revolves around my ability to be creative. So, you know, my ability to stay present with not, with not holding back on any of that kind of energy has a direct impact on my economics. And it yeah. may not be that way for very for everybody, but I think it is that way for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think I think the the energy close quotient of what Pele brings um, is is a lot of power and a lot of intensity, um, and you know, it's it's having what you want getting what you want, but it's also about, um, you know, having that, that intense energy 
flowing? And how do you, you know, how do you how how to deal with that? How to deal with the, um, you know, that personality-wise is something completely different energetically, I think, too. And finding that balance is is a big um, a big component. Um, and I think you're very right. I mean, if your if your energy is not flowing in all parts of how you do something, then there is going to be a block there. Yeah. Yeah, and that block affects my bottom line. Probably affects my health and my well-being, yeah. but it it affects my money. Right. I, I don't like things that fuck with my money. So, <laughs> okay. Alicia, how about you? I am so excited about Pele. <laughs> reading this last night, I just felt, I feel like just reading about her is kind of lighting a fire in me. And a lot of what you were talking about and what we've been talking about, this holding back or like repressing through my breast cancer experience, I feel like that's been probably the biggest thing I've been working on is not holding back. And especially in the last couple of weeks, I've actually been noticing a lot of the ways I kind of temper myself down to be pleasing to or like accepted by others. Um, but as I, I've also been noticing how many really powerful, passionate women I have in my life and how I've always admired this quality. So Pilot feels like deeply impassioned empowerment. Um, and I really relate to this. I think the selfish aspect that she's associated with has always been kind of a struggle because I, I can think of times even growing up where I was really getting that message that to take care of myself or to do what I needed first was selfish. Um, so as I think about her and the, the fire, the fiery aspect, it just feels, you know, I have always thought of fire as purifying and something that cultivates change. Um, something that happens a lot with forest fires and wildfires is if fires are repressed for too long, <laughs> then they just go out of control, which is why like a couple years ago, everything was just burning. It's something to reset the balance. And I kind of... And you and you and I live in the Pacific Northwest where the replicate, like the repercussions of, of failing to do a controlled burn can be life altering and devastating. Yeah. And it's interesting actually now living in the Pacific (laughs) Northwest, I think being around so much water and like the heaviness in the earth, like connecting with that fiery energy is just, it has a lot more potency for me. Um, I agree with that. The other thing I was going to say is I love thinking about the dynamic of boundaries in relation to Pele and how you were talking about this imagery of like people getting too close because they're fascinated and then getting hurt or burned, you know, 
her boundaries like rule. <laughs> if you're in the way, they will run you over. And it's not necessarily how I would want to carry that out in real time, but but having a relationship to boundaries that are like so fierce and clear and unstoppable feels it feels very exciting. Very empowering. It's interesting we haven't talked a lot about Pele um, and and boundaries because I, I, it, she doesn't strike me as somebody who has to carry a lot of boundary energy, but I don't know. I mean, probably a good 40, 50% of my work with my clients is, is somehow related to boundary energy and or boundary lessons or boundary issues. And it's like, if we could just be a little fiery from the gate, we wouldn't be pushing people back all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a little bit more fire initially might actually be less destructive than the constant onslaught on your boundaries when you don't, when when you're subtle with your boundary maintenance. I think that Pele energy and boundaries, I mean, certainly not destructive, but, but very, very hot actually might save a lot of energy and a lot of feelings, but it just, it might, because when people hold soft boundaries, it requires a lot of effort to maintain Mm. them. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, I mean, even looking at my marriage, there are some places where, particularly in the beginning of my marriage, I held some really soft boundaries. I mean, the line was firm, but moving up to it was pretty soft, and it was catastrophic. I mean, in terms of Pele eruptions, they were not good. If I had been firm and fierce and fiery with those boundaries from day one, it's entirely possible David and I may not have ever fought about anything ever. <laughs> And that's a bold well, and statement, and I think it might be true. <laughs> I think so, too, because people respond to that. I think everybody maybe has had an experience where they were just like, hands down, like, this is my line. And people respond to that so much quicker. I agree. So, okay, let's breeze through the homework. going to do the same thing that we did before. I'm going to read them all. And then you all get to pick, you're going to do all of them, but pick one or two that you want to focus on. There aren't as many this week. Um, Number one, for one full week, let other people treat you. Let them put you first. Give other people the privilege of making you happy. Not most of the time, but every time. Number two, do something nice for yourself before you do anything else in the morning. Number three, resist the urge to share if you don't want to. I don't have any problem with that. That's kind of, I'm an only child. Well, I'm the only youngest child. That's just my nature. Um, Number four, spend at least 10 minutes in nature every day this week. Rain, snow, or sunshine. Feel yourself connected to all of the nature around you. And number five, get feisty. In fact, allow yourself to get angry and, and being the key word, express it. So, Janet, what are you picking? Um, I think I'm going to pick the thing of letting people do things for me. Um, actually, I, you know what? I like all of it. <laughs> I'm probably, um, 
I mean, it's kind of interesting for me because I because I'm running this program at the moment. Uh, I am very much. There are times where people post questions and. Uh, I might be in the middle of doing something else, but there's a part of me that wants to jump in and respond straight away. And I've already been doing some feeling out of, do I want to respond straight away because it's a fabulous question and I've got a really juicy answer that I'm going to love sharing? Or am I doing it out of a sense of obligation because I said that I would? And most of the time it's been the former. It's very rare that I've, in fact, I, I think so far... If somebody has asked a question and there's clearly a sense of urgency around it for them and I'm not in a situation where I can answer it straight away, I will either kind of ignore it completely and know that I'll come back to it later or more likely I'll say something like, great question, I'm in the middle of something, I'm going to circle back and answer it properly in a minute, you know, a bit later on. So I'm I'm thinking that maybe I'm not as non-Pele as I thought I was. <laughs> So I'm going to tease out all of the different aspects this week and see if there are any that I don't already do in a way that pleases me. Because I'm very conscious of that sense of not reining her in, but the this, this sort of um, managing the flow, managing the lava flow. And I think doing a little bit of all of them might do that better for me than picking one and only doing that. So I'm going to play with it. I like that. Excellent. Perfect, Jackie. How are you? How are you going to put your antithesis to work this week? <laughs> um, I'm. It's it's sort of a, a a variation on what you say. I'm going to allow people to do things for me without feeling I have. I have to do something nice back. In other words, just receive. Um, I think I'll also have to be a lot more clear about what I want and just say it. Um, most of the time I kind of think that my family can read my mind so I need to be clearer. Um, but I will also not feel like I have to reciprocate immediately. You crack me up immediately. At some point maybe but not right now. <laughs> and and I'm just going to state for the record that your family slash your husband slash your kids slash your friends slash whoever cannot read your mind. That's not just a message to you. That's a message to everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that was it. Okay. Lisa C. Um. Number one, I really like, um, but I feel like I've been doing that anyways. I've been making a conscious effort to do that as far as to receive more. Um, it's part of something else that I'm doing. So I'm, I will continue with that, and I'm going to choose the one that is the hardest for me, which is to get feisty, <laughs> to allow myself to get angry and express it. I have, And I will start with my dog. <laughs> I get angry at him, and I, and I don't express it. I'm going to express it. <laughs> It's so interesting about sorry about that one because I don't I I'm wrecking my brains to think about something to get angry about and then I'm thinking I'm thinking am I really that blah that I don't or is I, life I I mean it's either I'm living in this delusion of utopia or I'm mm-hmm. so so sort of 
um, even keel, that it's just like another a pseudonym for utterly boring. I'm not sure which it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, Jackie, I have a question for you. Yeah. In those in those times where you feel dissatisfied with where you're at. Mm-hmm. I'm wa- I'm wondering if anger for you because of you know how it's been um, experienced in the past doesn't come out in what looks tradi- like traditional anger. Whether it comes out as a more inward focused thing, which is where you end up feeling really annoyed with yourself. Oh yeah, that's that's highly likely. Mm-hmm. Because something I want to add to the mix, and I think this is, and again, I'm kind of this is pertinent to me as well. There's a part of me that knows that there is no such thing as the other, that the other is always me anyway. So when I'm angry at someone else, I'm angry at something about myself. So there's this kind of loop that goes around, and I suspect that maybe those times when I'm angry with myself, if I really sat with that and let it kind of unpack itself and reveal itself in all its ugliness, I might actually find deep down that I'm angry at someone else as well. Mm. You might be right. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I also kind of feel about Pele is it's not necessarily about anger because I think I have the same the same um, uncertainty because I don't feel anger very often. But I think of it like as like passion or like ferocity. What do I feel really ferocious about? I like that. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting reframe, and I, it may not even be a reframe. It just may be a total inclusion of the full packet. So. I, just I, think to... that's, I think that's so interesting how the exterior has begun to, for me, I was, I was always angry at myself or something that I wasn't doing or something like that. And my anger has really refocused outside of me based on political and geopolitical and worldly events that, uh, that I have no control over in a lot of ways. And um, uh, and what used to be sadness and and fear and and um, real sadness um, has really turned to anger. Um, and and I have you know I have a focus on that anger. Um, I mean I I I really can't imagine that there's not something out there that doesn't get your goat right now but um but that's that's my 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 feeling right now well and i think that's interesting too because abraham would say i mean that concept that anger can be very that in its core nature can be constructive abraham would say that anger is a much preferred emotion over lots of emotions on this scale certainly hopelessness mm. or fear or sadness. Ab- yep. Abraham sees anger as a motivator, as an incentivizer. As I've heard Esther say it's the stair-step emotion to resolution yeah. or to relief. So, yeah, that's different. That's okay, well, 
Ellen, which one are oh. you picking for the week? Um, well, I think I think the one that that I I I pretty much do most of these, but the one, of course, that that I have always put off is letting everybody do stuff for me. So that's my uh, that's my my process right now is to allow people to do stuff for me. Um, and in my household, that's that's not an easy thing. So, um, so asking for it and being really upfront about it, um, you know. But like you said, it's like, oh, you mean they can't read my mind? <laughs> <laughs> you mean really? Yeah. Um, and they don't know automatically that they're supposed to do this that, and the other thing. No. So asking for it and being really direct about it is is my goal. Yeah. Good. I like that. Alicia, which one are you picking? I think resisting the urge to share if you don't want to. Oh, God, that comes so naturally to me. Ask anybody who lives with me. I'm the worst sharer. (laughs) (laughs) I I, 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 I think I share a lot out of obligation. Hmm. So I can see that. This seems like fun. <laughs> Good. I'm picking get out in nature because with the weather that we've had, it is so easy for me never to walk out the door. I mean, mm-hmm. not for any purpose other than a utilitarian purpose to get to the car. I am <laughs> terribly disconnected from nature. So that's what I'm picking this week, rain or shine. Or potentially even snow, for hell's sake. Um, <laughs> I'd be so thrilled um, to see snow right now. And I know you've got poor guys up in Minnesota and all sorts of things posting it. It's such a... Oh, my gosh. Not but down that, for it. That yeah. is not fun. Just think of me. Just think of me. <laughs> Whenever you think, whenever you think it's gotten to be too much. Oh, I'm looking at next week. Mm. <laughs> All right, next week is Rati. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. She's the Hindu goddess of carnal desire, love, lust, passion, and sexual pleasure. Ponder that for a little while. <laughs> for this week, just stay in Pele energy, and it. I will say that it was by design, actually, that Pele came before Rocky. Absolutely by design. We talked about full, about about anger and expression. And this energy, I think, has to flow to be utterly and completely connected to all of your desires. Um, so think about that also while you're doing Pele kind of knowing where we're going next because it makes a difference. And you do want to be in touch with your carnal desires, lust, passion, and sexual pleasure. And really being able to do Pele is an important element of being able to connect to that energy. And on that note, I love you guys. Have a great week. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.